Welcome to Launchpad, the unique radio show and podcast that celebrates new book releases and the authors that created them. Now, let's take off with your host, Grace Salmon. This is Launchpad. Complete with technical difficulties from coast to coast, we are so excited to join you here on episode 27 with Terry Krylin, Ann Anderson-Evans, Cheryl A. Hunter, and Mary Pasquale. On behalf of Mary Helen Sheriff, the author marketing coach, and myself, Grace Salmon, we are so glad that you are with us here today. Today, we're going to be talking to some amazing authors, two memoirs, two novels, stories about family drama, the supernatural, searching for family, and so much more. It's all coming together on this episode 27 of Launchpad. Welcome to each of my guests. If you are watching us live, please feel free to leave comments, ask questions. We'd love to have you here live before we air on Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. Let's get right started immediately. Terry Krylin, tell us about your book, in pursuit of radio mom, searching for the Thank mother you. I never had. Thank you, Grace, and uh, lovely to be with you and Mary and Cheryl. So my book, In Pursuit of Radio Mom, is framed around the question of how does emotionally uh, an emotionally abandoned daughter uh, of an emotionally abandoned mother learn to support her own child in a healthy way? Uh, my book is informed by my work as a clinical psychologist, but also a very early memory of sitting in front of the uh, Zenith radio console, imagining inside was a perfect family with the perfect mother, the radio mom, who would adopt me if only I could garner her attention. So as a memoir, it's a book about the journey of longing for a mother who could not reach back. Uh, it traces my path along debilitating anxiety, loneliness, shame, and beyond a dysfunctional marriage that, quite frankly, was a, a mirror image of my relationship with my mother, to the discovery of a more authentic self. But it's also the exploration of the pain and struggle along the difficult path of my own motherhood and my relationship with uh, my own daughter. Uh, that forced me to confront those issues of the legacy of my past. But and fortunately, we'll it's more, also... We'll talk, I'm sorry, excuse me. We'll talk more yeah. about that as we move forward. But your comment is absolutely perfect as a segue into Anne's work, The Sweet huh. Pain of Being Alive. Anne, tell us about your book. Right. My book is about the 14 happiest years of my life, which were my marriage to Terry. We met when we were in our middle 60s and we never got over how fortunate we were to have found each other. But uh, the marriage ended in his suicide and I was not prepared for that. I was prepared for EMTs and police, but the police detective really got to me. He, he asked me a lot of jarring questions and then he apologized. He said, I'm sorry, but uh, every suicide is a crime scene, and I have to ask these mm. questions. And I burst out laughing. I said, wow, I've just lost my husband, and now I'm a murder suspect? And he said, no, 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 you don't have to worry about that. But it was creepy, nevertheless, some of the things that, that I had not expected. Um, 
his Terry's last words to me were, I've always wondered what it would be like to be a woman. And this woman inside Terry started peeking out around three years into our marriage. And we talked about her and tried to make space for her, but he never sat me down and said, Anne, I can't live like this anymore. Either I die or you become a lesbian. He never did that. And I wonder, you know, what readers will think. Should he have done that? Maybe we could have done better, but uh, we did the best we can could at the time. And I don't have all the answers. I will look forward to learning from my readers. As Thank you for sharing published. that. Thank you for sharing that. There's so much family complexity here. And even in Cheryl A. Hunter's Inheritance Quest, you have a very different kind of generational story, don't you? Yes, thank you, Grace. I do. In Inheritance Quest, and this may be coming up, there we go. Um, it, it's actually the third book in a series. And the series traces Ariana Sabini, a young woman just at the start of her career. And she's viciously attacked and discover she's a vampire hunter. And I needed to have something, some kind of immortal beings because it does span multiple generations. She is, all the evidence um, for why these vampires wanna kill her point to her great grandfather who may or may not have died when she was five years old. And through the course of the, the books, and I do wanna say these books are not cliffhangers they're what I call non-traditional vampire books. They are not bloody. They are not gory. They're not overly romanticized. Um, there is a romance between Ariana and James throughout the whole series, but it enhances the relationship versus takes over the relationship. This is really a self-discovery series. She's looking for answers in her past, trying to find out why these people or these vampires want to kill her. And it, it does boil down to her great-grandfather, and uh, she meets other family along the way. So it, it really is a generational type of series. I love that here on Launchpad, we're able to build commonalities between the most diverse and divergent <laughs> books. We do have several people watching us, so and I love your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Please feel free to ask questions. But before we go further, last but not least, Mary Pasquale, The Byways, a novel, neurodivergent person with some dark, dark places. Tell us more. Hi. Um, well, first, thank you so much for having me on the show. Pleasure. Um, this is my book, um, The Byways. It's a YA contemporary fantasy. Um, it's basically a dark retelling of Alice in Wonderland, and it follows um, a neurodivergent high school high schooler named Cece. She has a lot of, she has a temper and she has a reputation that follows her, and there's lots of rumors that follow her that aren't necessarily true. She's really frustrated by how much her um, neurodivergence and her reputation define her and she has a really bad day and makes a really bad decision and she ends up walking down an alley and getting trapped in this magical alley world um, where she can see the real world but she can't quite get out and she has to um, figure out how to save herself and really face her ideas of belonging and what's normal what's not normal and face herself in her journey to escape. 
And isn't that true for each of us every single day about having to face ourselves in our own journey? Terry, let's go back to you because that sounds like, you know, something you had to do. Face yourself, face your mom's past, multi-generations. Talk a little bit more about your book and how it relates to that. Yeah. Um, well, I, in my work, I'd work with a lot of mothers and daughters uh, who were struggling with their relationships with their own moms. And uh, at the time, uh, in my professional role, there was no opportunity to, to really uh, talk about my own experience. It's just not uh, the, the way of how the therapy process works. So after I retired five years ago, I thought more about it. Um, uh, my uh, my my work, but also my own journey with my daughter, and so it was. Uh, uh, I ended up initially writing a professional book about troubled mother daughter relationships, and then after I looked at the manuscript, it was blah blah blah, and I thought this is boring. Uh, and so it was through working um, a lot of thought, and working, and, and thought, do I take the leap and talk about my own experience? and uh in kind of putting the professional mask aside and in so doing uh you know I, I i wrote the memoir in the hopes that it would resonate with other women who uh had similar struggles and um uh what i discovered was at the very least it was a, a much more compelling book than that original professional volume Terry, I, I so appreciate you talking about kind of taking off that mask. And I want to switch to Anne there for a minute, because Anne, you had to deal with that certainly with your husband and then in becoming so public about his suicide and his uh, gender identity issues. Let's let's dive there. Yeah. Uh, so there is a kind of betrayal in uh, him in that he did not tell me how serious this was. Of course, if he had, maybe our marriage would have fallen apart and he wouldn't have liked that. It would have been very difficult. But I became very aware of the corrosive nature of secrets. Keeping these kinds of secrets can kill you. And I decided at one point, I was I became kind of defiant. I thought, yeah, I think I've discovered your secretary and I am not going to keep it. I made a, a decision to lay that open and in laying that open, of course, I lay open my reaction to it. But this is an issue that uh, lots of people are working with these days mm. and have to think about. And um, I've come to a kind of, uh, I guess it's a revolutionary conclusion about secrets. You know, when you tell your secrets to other people, you might be surprised how little surprised they are. They're not always mm -hmm. as um, revolutionary as you think they are. Oh, I think, I, that, I, I think that's very true. Go ahead, Terry, you had a comment. I, I just wanted to jump in here because I have had the opportunity to read Anne's amazing, beautiful, and incredible book. And uh, just to that idea of secrets, I remember in my own therapy, one of my own therapies, uh, uh, the therapist saying to me, you know, secrets are merely information waiting to be told. And it, it, that really, really uh, resonated for me and stayed with me. And I, I believe it to be true that, uh, and, and there is liberation with uh, the, the revealing of, of secrets that hold us back. 
So just wanted thank to you, add Thank that. you for that. Yeah. Cheryl, your characters have secrets, including when they're when the grandfather died. Let's stay on the secret theme. Lots of secrets in the book. And it, it really is the finding out about these secrets that Ariana Castro goes through, through all three of these books. And uh, she she's shocked when she finds out uh, some of the truth behind her grandfather. Maybe he's not quite as the fun loving <laughs> grandfather that the five-year-old remembers. And of course she has to face the reality of some of the things that he did that may have been bringing down some kind of revenge on her later on. And so she's, she has to struggle with that. And of course she's helped with her by her friends and, and talking. She doesn't actually go into therapy or anything else because she's keeping a secret. She can't, they can't let their uh, true identities be known. This is a supernatural world within the workings of the modern world. And the modern world has no idea about the supernatural world. So they have to keep this secret. Uh, so it's secrets within secrets. And Mary, Mary, let's go to you with also build, world building, if you will, because you also have a very different world. And secrets, still a theme? You know, I think um, it, there is some some theme of secrets, just like um, Cheryl's book. It's definitely a a world within the modern world um, that the byways is a place that people don't know about. And it's a place where people who have kind of been forgotten or uncomfortable society end up washing up. You know, the, the byways tries to save people that don't quite fit in. Um, so, but I think that the other element in my book is there it, it's perceptions and it's the character really has to face her own perceptions, but also learn to, you know, outside people will always want to put their spin on you, right? They, they want to tell us who we are. And so this book is really about figuring out who you are when, you know, from yourself and knowing that um, how you define your world and how you define yourself is ultimately more important than how the outside world um, perceives you. And, but definitely there's some secrets. There's a, there's always something delicious about kind of a hidden magical world or magical society. And mm -hmm. I think that speaks a lot to, um, yeah, the parts that we kind of keep hidden, but also a little bit of the parts where we find wonder and magic. So both sides to that story. Uh, we do have people making, thank you for that. We have comments that a lot of people are resonating with uh, the idea of secrets here and also mm -hmm. that idea of authentic self. So Anne, let's go back to you for a bit. Has right, How has writing changed this and how has coming to grips with Terry's, with your husband's secret um, changed you? Well, I've, uh, it's funny. Some people seem to think that this is a cathartic experience writing about this. But I, I didn't feel that so much. I, I was, um, I think the grieving process, the, the feelings that you have losing someone that you love is an entirely different track. But the writing is more um, an analysis or an, um, it can be not a necessarily intellectual analysis, but even emotional analysis, spiritual analysis. What does it all mean? Not only for you, but also for your readers and for other people. And uh, I've come to some conclusions since, <laughs> not exactly conclusions, like transgender people, 
stand astride the two basic markers of human civilization. And what do they have to tell us? You know, I've started to learn about things like that. They, ha they, they have a special place in our society. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning a lot about that. So it's been a learning experience more than an ex a cathartic experience. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Terry, what have you learned from writing your book? Oh, I've learned about connection and the importance. I mean, I've always known of, about the importance of connection, but it's really deepened my appreciation for um, uh, sh sharing our stories. You know, uh, the, and also what I've learned is that um, I could use my story to enhance my relationship with the people I love and, and particularly and especially my own daughter, um, that I could um, uh, forgive myself for mistakes that I, I made. Um, uh, I could ask for her forgiveness. And uh, uh, so I think what I, I've, I've learned is the power uh, in an even deeper way, the power of connections and how that, how essential that is in our human experience. I learned something from your book, and that is how society can affect people's happiness and people's productivity. And your mother mm -hmm. is suffering the way Betty Friedan talked about in her book, mm -hmm. The Feminist being sort of impressed at home. And it turns out she's really mm -hmm. a nice person, <laughs> a loved person. But the circumstances that society imposed on Absolutely. her made it possible for her to express herself. She was just tired all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Cheryl, we talk about, you know, the, the world, the society. You created a whole nother world or several mm -hmm. worlds through your series. Would you talk to us a little bit about why a series and how that has changed you? Well, why a series is because as I encountered one problem, another one showed up and, you know, it would be a thousand page book at this point. So it had to be broken up into, uh, uh, into three books. Um, I think it's because of the complexity of the world that was created. I mean, it's a world within the modern world. So you have to kind of keep that in mind. You can't have them show too much of the supernatural because then it infringes too much on the reality of the real world. So you, you've got to kind of keep those separate. And because of the complexities and the book is really, there's a lot of subplots. There's a lot of different relationships within the book. And in order to really explore her relationship with her great grandfather, and I, I don't want to give too much away because then it would kind of ruin reading it, but she's discovering um, other elements within the supernatural world. Now she teaches mythology at, at the university. So, all of a sudden she's realizing, oh, so some of the things that I'm teaching are actually real. And of course, on an intellectual level that fascinates her because now she's doing research and finding out just where the folklore and the reality are, you know, meet and where they diverge. So it just became more and more complex. And um, 
and, and it is mostly about her. I mean, there are, it's, it's also told in the first person, it's alternating first person. So you get Ariana's viewpoint and then you get James's viewpoint. And so uh, you, you've got two different ones. You've got someone who's been in the supernatural world for 150 years and someone who's just entering it. So you have that interplay as well. I want to get back to how your writing has changed you, but somehow I'm thinking Mary resonates very well with the kinds of things uh -huh. that you're talking about in your book because they are a similar, can we say similar genre? You know, they. I think they, they're similar genres. They're definitely that kind of paranormal, um, modern type of fantasies, right? Mm. Um, but it's funny because I think that Whereas I definitely have like Cheryl, I've got this world that's supposed to be separate from the real world. I really leaned into the reality aspects of um, my story, the urban grittier things to actually highlight some issues that we really have in the real world today. So I could kind of extend that as a metaphor and highlight um, both my character's journey um, because her story is, is one that lots of teens and kids with neurodivergence struggle with. Um, but also I touch on homelessness and political upheaval and some class separation. Um, but they definitely have to have that theme element of like kind of keeping themselves a little hidden. Nobody would get, it's, it's amazing to me that in society, you know, we're not freaked out by homelessness, but if somebody were to, you know, suddenly sprout magic, that would freak everyone mm -hmm. out, right? So. <laughs> mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Uh, that's a fascinating juxtaposition <laughs> that you just put those two things yeah. in. Together. Um, and then I think what I learned, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I was going to ask why YA? You know, I I love, I love YA. Um, I read adult in YA. I think that there is great, um, there's so much potential when you're a young person. And the world is completely at your your fingertips, it's opening up. And so there's lots of possibilities for drama and growth. And um, I also think that, you know, I worked a lot, I volunteered at a school library for six years and kids are kind of near and dear to my heart. And so I really want to um, put books out there that will resonate with them and refer them so they can see themselves because I know that when I was a young person and I was reading and there was actually not much YA when I was reading um, as a teenager. So I was reading adult um, books, but, you know, they can profoundly impact, you know, storytelling is a great way to extend our communication vocabulary. And they're a great way to see ourselves, even in extraordinary circumstances or extraordinary fantasy worlds or a completely different experience. So I love that aspect. I love giving that to kids. I agree. And thank you for that. Um, I was in the library just the other day and I wandered into the YA section. It was fun to see some titles that I had read when I was younger as well. Um, we do have people who may have questions or comments that uh, people are enjoying secrets, as I mentioned, but also the paranormal. So any of our viewers, please feel free to ask questions of any of our pan panelists. Uh, Cheryl, um, mm -hmm. are we, I didn't get to that question of how has writing changed you? Um, it's something I've always done, it's something I've always been really interested in, but actually putting this three book series together, um, it, it made me realize that maybe I have more potential than I thought. Uh, not to, you know, not to, to, to be self-indulgent or anything, but I, I think you're always kind of afraid that what you have to say, no one else cares about. 
<laughs> and so when you find out that people do, it, it's really mm -hmm. encouraging, you know. And I think that some of the people that have left comments or have sent me an email or something is has really made me say, okay, maybe I did have something to say. And and with all books, and, and I struggled with whether to make it young adult or new adult, because she's really new adult. She's 25. And um, and I think one of the reasons I selected new adult is because I teach college. And so I'm with that age and there's a lot of potential there and they're all looking to, you know, to make their mark on the world. And so was she, you know, she's, she's a young She's got a PhD at 25. So impressive. You know, she, she went to college at a much younger age. Indeed. Uh, Terry, uh, why your novel and why your novel now? We've talked a little bit about that, but we have people who are writing for YA. And then what I'm increasingly <clears throat> so aware of are stories that really couldn't be written at a younger age. So there are stories that I couldn't write before my current age. So would you talk about that? Yeah, writing for me was some uh, was a lifelong dream, uh, but until I retired five years ago, um, my writing had been restricted to doing a dissertation, to writing professional papers, uh, and so th this was uh, a whole other uh, um, path for me. And uh, I think what. Uh, what made it possible was the life experience, the maturity. I don't think I could have, well, certainly I couldn't have written this book uh, 20 years ago or, or, or 30 years ago. Um, but uh, it, it, I think it, it was made possible, one, because uh, I, I was finally uh, freed up in, in my life to really go internal, go inward in a new way and um, and spend the, the, the time and energy of learning, uh, learning how to write in this new way and use my skill set of introspection and helping others go inward to to use it in this uh, in, in this format. And same question. Um, obviously, this story couldn't have been told before your husband's death. No, and I, I am um, interested in what Cheryl said. I taught freshman college mm -hmm. students for a while, and I realized that even at 18 years old, everybody has a story. And how, and as a mother and as a grandmother, I believe people should know the truth. And that's something, like I wrote another book about uh, daring to date again, about what happened when I dated at 60. And I think what I was raised to think about 60 year old women was completely untrue. Mm -hmm. What I was raised to think about suicide is untrue. What I was raised to think about gender is untrue. So I try to write, write books that will arm people with the truth because that's your most powerful weapon mm -hmm. and that's um i think a, a through line through all of my books and, and you talk about that i love there's a tagline that says your uh, book the sweet pain of being alive is part love letter and part cautionary tale yes <laughs> right and right. i i think that that um 
that cautionary tale is an important one. Uh, Mary, can you cautionary tale? Cautionary tale, yes, but I hate to, especially for YA, to step into a lecturing role because I think that Smart. sometimes when we we have to make mistakes to grow, we have to challenge our perceptions. Like Anne said, um, we have to just take that moment to double check with ourselves and double check perceptions. Like, is this something I really believe? Is this something I really think? Um, and yeah, I, I agree with everyone here. I think writing is just a, it's a great way to, everyone has a story, but it's also a great way to learn about ourselves. Um, and then I think through reading other people's stories, we really, we learn more about other people, mm -hmm. but we again, also learn more about ourselves. So it's, yes, I think it's, um, Definitely. Sorry, I'm sure I lose track of the question. <laughs> no, no, the, 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 this is perfect. We all have stories and we're almost at the end of our time. So I'm going to do a little lightning round. I'm going to uh, start with um, Cheryl, Inheritance okay. Quest. Final words? Um, I think that if you gave it a try, you would like it. It's very much about uh, the self-discovery and learning about yourself and your family and the secrets that they hold. And it's an absolutely beautiful cover. It's part of a series, Inheritance Quest by Cheryl A. Hunter. Terry Krylan, In Pursuit of Radio Mom, Searching for the Mother I Never Had. Final words? Um, it's a book that I uh, hope will resonate with other women who may still be searching for their own radio moms. Uh, that kind of mother who has the capacity to both accept and receive love. Beautifully said. Um, let's go with Ann Anderson Evans, The Sweet Pain of Being Alive. Final words? Well, the book, I'm going to learn the publication date probably within the next week. So if you're interested in reading it, my website will have a, a way, uh, which is annandersonevans.com, will have a way to find out about the book. But I think a lot of people have faced the, the issues that I face. They are not mm -hmm. rare they're not mm -hmm. even abnormal. And um, mm -hmm. I would re mm -hmm. welcome people's comments about their own experiences. And we look forward to your book. Tag us and we'll help you announce it as it hits Facebook. Last and not least, Mary Pasquale, The Byway is a novel. Final word. Um, I, you know, I think this is a, a lot of fun. I, and it tells an important story um, for kids that struggle with some um, neurodivergence or sensory issues and but it's also just in itself a fun journey and I think that it really can um, both uh, help kids recognize themselves who are similar and also maybe open up some awareness for kids who aren't so I'd love for people to check it out. Thanks to each of you and to each of our listeners as well. Uh, Cheryl A. Hunter, Terry Krylan, Anne Anderson Evans, Mary Pasquale, you are very inspirational for many, many reasons. And Launchpad has inspired a book series of its own. We have Launchpad, the countdown to writing your book, Launchpad, the countdown to publishing your book, and Launchpad, the countdown to marketing your book, which I co-wrote with my host, my co-host here, Mary Helen Sheriff. Thanks each of you for being with us Thank here you. on Launchpad. Thank you. Take care, Thank everybody. You.
This episode is copyrighted by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you for visiting with us on Launchpad. And we are clear. Okay. 